Hello, this is Andy Brewer with Northwest AHEC Healthcare Insights Podcast. Today I have the pleasure of introducing and speaking with a um, longtime friend of mine and who is also the executive director for Green Nest here in Winston-Salem. Her name is Julia Toon, and welcome, Julia. Thanks, Andy. It's nice to be here. Um, so, Green Nest, we're going to get started right off the bat. You are you have your master's in child and family studies, and you've, you've served a lot over the years in um, Smart Start-funded programs, uh, executive director for, for family services in Davidson County, and then you work with City with Dwellings and now the executive director of Green Nest, all of which are related to what we uh, kind of lump in together as social determinants of health. So it's the the segue into the healthcare world is the social determinants that that determine how healthy our population is. And one of those big things is housing. And I know Green Nest is is involved with housing. So give us the the rundown on Green Nest and, and, and what Green Nest does and your role and, and how that's going. Well, Green Nest was started about four and a half years ago by two sisters who uh, actually had been volunteering in the emergency uh, overnight shelters, winter shelters that City with Dwellings operates. And um, through their volunteer work, they'd gotten to know some of the folks who were experiencing homelessness. And in getting to know them, seeing some of them get housing, they saw that there was a missing resource in our community. And that was that folks moving into housing um, from homelessness did not have the funds or access resources to actually put furnishings in their homes. At the same time, the two sisters, who are uh, Jan Barbie and Joanna Britt, um, had lots of friends who were either redecorating or downsizing uh, and had furniture to get rid of. And so they saw that they could make a connection between the folks they were getting to know uh, uh, at the shelter and uh, between all of their friends who had excess, uh, as some of us do, and were willing to pass that along to those in need. And so um, without any experience in nonprofit work, um, just on faith, they started it. And uh, it has grown by leaps and bounds thanks to tremendous support from the community. And they, uh, the sisters, have operated Green Nest um, on their own with as volunteers without an executive director. And they decided about a year ago that uh, they were ready, that the nonprofit had grown to the point where they needed a paid executive director. And that's where I came in. Uh, I started in April. I am their first executive director. Uh, and I came in at a great point. It's a very healthy organization, has tremendous community support. Um, so what we do is collect gently used furnishings and housewares from the housewares from the community, and we put them together in a showroom, uh, like any furniture showroom might look. It's um, laid out in uh, room settings. Um, we have different kits, uh, like bath kits that would have things, everything you would need for a bathroom, your, um, your bath mat and towels, your shower curtain, your trash can, your laundry basket, your soap dish, all of those things. And kitchen kits have you know, your um, pots and pans and your spatula and your vegetable peeler and all the tools that you need in a kitchen and then dish kits and linen kits or, or um, bedding kits, all of those things, as well as the large pieces of furniture. 
If you think about someone who is on the streets, you uh, quickly realize that they're not carrying a spatula in their pocket. They're not carrying a sofa on their back. They have nothing. Nothing. They need everything. Mm -hmm. And that's what Green Nest is able to provide. Um, We connect to more than 60 agencies and faith-based institutions in Forsyth County who are working with folks who are transitioning from homelessness or crisis into more stable housing. And that's how we get our clients. So Mm -hmm. those agencies make the referrals to us and um, individuals and families get to come and shop. They have their own private appointments, so there's no competition. Um, They they walk in, and that's kind of the the time to be there, really, Mm -hmm. to witness. And we welcome the public to come and um, tour Green Nest facilities because it's really easy to see the impact that you can make just by donating a piece of furniture that you no longer need. Um, being there when folks uh, arrive for the first time, many of these people have received handouts in the past. Um, when they have, they usually don't have a choice in what those are or the condition that they're in. And at Green Nest, we're, um, one, very selective about the furnishings we'll take. And um, also we have a huge group of fabulous volunteers who put a lot of work into repairing, repainting, refurbishing um, furniture so that everything that goes on the showroom floor is in great condition. So Mm. folks arrive at Green Nest and they walk in the door not knowing what to expect. And they see this beautiful room full of just wonderful, really nice furnishings. And it's, it's not just your basics. We also have art and lamps and rugs and, you know, kind of the extras that really make a home a home. Mm-hmm. The theory is uh, that for folks who've been experiencing homelessness, um, we know that there's a lot of turnover. So um, they get into housing, and for one reason or another, many of them aren't able to maintain their housing, and so they become homeless again. And so there's kind of this vicious cycle that happens. And the theory behind Green Nest is that if folks going into their home have the ability to choose for themselves the things that they like, uh, the things that they want, the colors, the things they know they need, um, then They've got more stake in, in keeping it and maintaining it, um, that it's more of a home, a nest to them. And where mm-hmm. Green Nest comes from really is, is making a home your nest and, and, and all the things that you and I have that make our homes a great place to visit and to be and where we want to go at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And we want to keep them. I mean, you and I work to keep our homes, making sure that, you know, we keep them in good shape and we are paying our bills and all those things. And Mm -hmm. we have incentive for that because they're nice places to be. Yeah. So they're invested. They're invested. Yes. So I'm, I'm, I get invited. How do I get invited to come to Green Nest? Well, if I mean, as a client, as a client. So say you're working, you already have, a case manager, perhaps you're working um, at Bethesda or Samaritan Ministries, you're working with one of the many agencies in the community that work with folks in crisis. And they're already partnered with us. We've uh, That's what they did in the early days of Green Nest is they had volunteers who reached out into the community and connected to all of these nonprofits and agencies and churches and, and said, we have this service. Do you have folks who could benefit from it? And there was an overwhelming, yes, we do. (laughs) Um, And so uh, 
folks who are um, in that place of being ready to move into housing or perhaps have gotten into housing but still have not been able to afford to furnish it um, get the referrals from their case managers. Mm -hmm. Um, And the case managers actually come with the client to um, shop really as um, someone that the client knows and feels comfortable with. Mm -hmm. That's kind of part of it. Um, They're not there to choose for them. We really want the folks whose homes they are to be able to choose what they want Mm -hmm. and need. Um, There is a fee involved. Um, It's a small fee, um, but and uh, probably about half of the agencies we work with or about half of the referrals we receive, the um, agency will sponsor the individual. Um, For the other half, they're Mm -hmm. self-pay. For about $125 to $150, an individual or family can furnish fully furnish a one bedroom home. Mm-hmm. Like that's everything. That's not just the large pieces of furniture. That yeah, right. is all the dishes, all the pots and pans and the sheets and the towels and, you know, the fluff, the mm-hmm. other stuff that you want and need. Um, yeah. So it's a relatively low price for really high quality, nice items. Yeah. Well, I, I think that that has to be part of the equation to get people invested in their home, yes. to provide a safe and comfortable and a place a place that they want to be. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I've heard, I forgot who it was who said it, but create one space that is beautiful in your life yeah. that you want to be. And that should, you know, for most people, that's somewhere in their home. Right. And, and to reduce that cycle of homelessness that you described. I think that's so important that people have a, a beautiful place. And that, you know, we, you know, Healthcare Insights is the name of this podcast. And I think just creating that comfortable, beautiful place is so important for health, mental health, and then having the equipped kitchen to be able to, to cook again, right. to prepare healthy meals. So all of that, I don't, I don't think that I had thought about homelessness in that way like oh here's a voucher go here's an apartment now you have a home well it's no it's a shell (laughs) with a roof and now you have you're on your own so i i see the the value that you provide and i think that's awesome so um you know just describe what you see when a client comes in i mean just you know i i have this feeling is they're like probably overwhelmed with joy and and also like you know probably like want it all you know and, and it's like you have to have to choose from beautiful stuff i mean how tell me how, how that that goes down well you're exactly right <laughs> in terms of the feeling or the uh, appearance um the experience of joy that folks feel um walking in and um there's a lot of joy at green nest it's uh not just for the folks who are the recipients of the furnishings, but also their case managers. It's a really fun experience to come and shop at Green Nest for Mm. everybody and for the volunteers who are walking through the showroom floor with the client um, and the the case manager. It's a a really joyous experience. So they typically walk in not knowing what to expect. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the um, a lot of times we hear them say, where's the stuff I get to choose from? They make an assumption that this isn't it because it's way too nice. Um, And when they realize and find out that, yes, these are the things that you get to choose from, um, both they're, they're both certainly overjoyed, but then they, they have an hour for their appointment and they often will take up to an hour um, because they're very selective, just like you and I, 
they have colors that they like. They have things that they're looking for that they know they'll enjoy, a recliner. Um, or uh, not too long ago, there was a woman who shopped at Green Nest. And the most exciting thing for her was that she found a, a sofa that had some purple in it. And she found a piece of artwork that also had shades of purple to go over the sofa. Oh, and nice. she was thrilled. Mm-hmm. You know, she was so excited. Um the very first family that uh, I had the experience of, of being with as they went through the process when I first came to Greenness back in April, it was a young couple and they had a four-year-old child with them and the husband was doing all of the selecting. He was saying, okay, I want this and I want that. But every time he did that, he would look to his partner just for confirmation that this was right. So even though it appeared that he was doing all the selecting, mm-hmm. she was really the approver she, or the disapprover. She had v- veto right. power. Yeah. Um, and I have the feeling there had been some discussion ahead of time because mm. he picked out everything with pink in it. Mm. Pink flower couch, a matching pink, you know, <laughs> soft chair. And uh, the at the end, he was picking out dishware, and they get, um, or even dishware, you get to pick from several different options, of, so you can pick the mm. colors or the pattern that you like the best, wow. just like yeah. you know, I did when I was getting married and went to <laughs> the department store with the little wand and picked out. They get to pick something uh, out that they really like, and he found um, a dishware set with pink roses in it, and it was just perfect, and uh um, then they had this long discussion because there were these side tables that had a glass top on them. Mm-hmm. And the couple had this long discussion about whether that was appropriate, having a four-year-old around, and they eventually decided it wasn't. So, I mean, there's just mm-hmm. all of this thought and discussion and um, that goes into it because everybody has things that they like and that they don't like and that are important to them. We have people come through who um, really want to do more baking and cooking. That's what mm-hmm. brings them joy. And they haven't had that opportunity. And so they're very interested in the small cooking appliances that we have or the dish sets or more cookware. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so that's what they're going to pick out. And I mean, it just really varies by the individual or the family uh, what they want. But it is very exciting. Well, um, and there's a lot of joy and happiness. And what I wish I could be there for is when they get home and they get to put everything where they want it. Right, right. Yeah, Move in day. Yeah, you know, that, yeah, that would be awesome to be a part of that. Well, I can see by the look on your face that it brings you a lot of joy. And I think that it's so important that we remember what is involved with homelessness and that these people are humans and we need to. And, and what you're doing is rehumanizing that, giving them uh, empowerment to come and and yeah. choose those things to make it their home and I think to have that investment because it's more than just the money and it's more than just the time to go around and shop for that stuff but it's to have something that you like that, that, that you chose and that's gonna be yours and 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 be a part of who you are and I think that we you know, us privileged folks, we, we take a lot of that for granted and, oh, we need to redecorate for spring, you know, right. and tired of this year old couch. Right. You know, I mean, we, we live in such a, a land of abundance and I, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm Mr. Thrifty. So I, you know, I, I get most of my stuff secondhand anyway. But that's by choice. That's by choice. Right. And, and, you know, I have the luxury of the time to go look for those things and, you know, the, the, 
the the rush of getting a great deal, or right? right. <laughs> that kind of thing. But but I I could see how someone who doesn't have anything is now given a home or a shell of a home and now gets to make it their home. Right. And and that, that's now how do they how, after they pick this stuff out? Then finish the process. What happens? Well, um, they have to have arranged for furniture delivery pickup, Mm -hmm. um, which can be a barrier for folks. Um, Many of them don't have connections to people with trucks, but hopefully they do. Um, We have a couple of names of folks who are low-cost movers, and we will connect folks to that. But that can be another piece of the puzzle that if the agency isn't paying for it, they have to save for. On Mm -hmm. average, it's about $80 um, for them to move their furnishings from Green Nest to their home. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's really the the end of the process is that all of their things that same day that they've picked them out are loaded onto a truck and then moved over to the house where they're living and they get to arrange them and all of that. Mm -hmm. Um, What happens after they leave is that um, for Green Nest, the volunteers then go and refill the showroom floor so that the next client who comes to visit sees a full floor, that Mm -hmm. no one feels like, oh, I should have gotten here earlier to get the good stuff, that everybody who comes in has their own appointment, has a great selection, feels special. I think uh, the added benefit of Green Nest, it's not just the joy of being able to select for yourself or the empowerment feeling of of being able to select for yourself, but the whole experience, there's a lot of respect and uh, grace involved. Uh, Everyone who volunteers at Green Nest quickly drinks the Kool-Aid and gets it, that these are folks who are down on their luck, who have um, experienced trauma in their lives or other circumstances that have brought them to this place. Um, And, um, and, you know, we're just fortunate that that hasn't been our experience. Mm -hmm. And so um, there's the way we interact with folks when they come uh, is, is very much one of understanding and respect and, um, makes everyone feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, it also gives folks who would not ordinarily interact an opportunity to get to know each other a little bit. So many of our volunteers, certainly I would say all of our volunteers, none of them have experienced homelessness, mm-hmm. uh, at least at this point. We certainly wouldn't turn away a volunteer who at some point had experienced homelessness, but I'm not aware of any of our volunteers ever having experienced homelessness. And um, many of them come from a place of privilege um, mm-hmm. and wouldn't on a daily basis or even in any way have the opportunity to interact with folks um, who have experienced homelessness and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is an opportunity for them to have, you know, an hour together that's um, uh it's just a very nice, lovely, everybody on the same level experience mm-hmm. and uh, gives us all a feeling of being more connected to our community. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and we, you and I talked before the broadcast about um, that homelessness isn't as much about um, 
an economic issue or lack of financial resources, certainly that plays a huge role, but it's really about a breakdown in community, that that individual doesn't have the community supports anymore. Either they've burned bridges or maybe they never had those community supports. And and that's why they're there. It's it's really has to do with the lack of community. Mm -hmm. Um, And Green Nest is one of several agencies that really is focused on building community that maybe that's the answer mm-hmm. um, to this problem of homelessness is if we can be a more connected community um, that it may be that folks who are getting ready to lose their homes don't lose their homes because now they know more people they can reach out to mm-hmm. to get some assistance or to get connected to the agency that can help them. Yeah, have, have someone to ask. Right, right. Yeah, a lot of people don't. Uh, well, I mean, you know, as you're talking, I... I I see that a lot of, you know, when I peripherally follow homelessness issues in places like San Francisco and L.A. and where they really have and they're struggling and, they, you know, they're just throwing money at let's build more housing, let's build structures. And I just see like these dorm like places with no personality and you just throw people in there. Well, you got a home, so that's solved. And then they're back on the street, you know, in, in, in less than a week because that's where they are more comfortable. That is their support. That is their community on the street. So I think what Green S is doing is part of this bigger picture of the solution is how do we get people off the street, number one, and into a safe environment, but also have a place they can call home, not just a house, mm-hmm. but a home. And, and then that gives you the then the foundation the, the to go out and build new connections mm-hmm. and, and be a part of your community. And um, so, yeah, I, I just love I love the, the whole approach to this. And, I, you know, it's not something you think about. Um, when when yeah. when we're just hearing about the problem, it's like, wow, okay, give them a place to live. Here, let's put up trailers in an empty lot, and now they have homes. And it's like, well, no, that's a house. That's a place to stay. But a home is some place where you've invested in, where you really feel proud. And do you do you have clients that come back and invite you to come see their places once they fix them up? Or we have folks who sometimes will call us up. We've ha- we actually have maintained contact with a number of our clients who still talk about what a wonderful experience it was and mm-hmm. how it really helped them in the long run. Um, I, in the short time that I've been at Green Nest, have not had the opportunity to go and visit um, any of our clients' homes. Mm-hmm. Um, I certainly would love to do that. Uh, you know, it's a little bit of a boundary. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, it'd have to be invited. Their, yeah. You know, their privacy or take advantage in some way. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, because I gave you furniture, please let me come see your, <laughs> your private you know, yeah. residents. I'm not certainly going to do that. Oh, sure, sure. I was thinking they'd it would be know, nice. just be excited to show it off. Well, you know? and I actually, I take that back. I have had the experience. I forgot. So there, uh, there was someone that I got connected to through my work with City with Dwellings, and uh, I had to go uh, deliver some uh, medicine. She was sick, and mm-hmm. so I was uh, had offered to pick up her medication and go deliver it to her because she couldn't get out to it, and she had come through the not just City with Dwellings um, and gotten housing connections through City with Dwellings, but then had had the opportunity to come and shop at Greenness. So she had furnished her 
um, apartment. And so when I went over to deliver the medicine, she did invite me and she said, do you want to see? She no. knew I was working at Green Nest. And um, and so she did. She was very proud and showing it off. And it was lovely. It was very mm. warm and inviting and had personal touches that were clearly unique to her and mm-hmm. were special to her. Um, and I, gosh, I can't believe I forgot that experience. But yes, mm-hmm. um, I've had that one experience of visiting uh, in the home of someone who's had had the opportunity to visit. Yeah, well, I, I think that's just so foundational to have, if, you know, to have a well-furnished house. And and you also mentioned art, which I was going to get into. I was going to ask if they, you know, if they had artwork, because I think that that's also important. I mean, I remember growing up as a kid, and I still have some of the pieces that my parents had in the in the home. And, mm-hmm. you know, as, as people go, you know, as life happens and, and housing changes and stuff, um, you know, I just indelibly etched in my brain these different art pieces and I ended up with some of them but I still just remember that having you know having that experience of just remembering a room just because of the art that was in there and how that made me feel and how I interpreted that and I think we don't we don't think about those like those things as having an important important part of people's lives you know when we say oh homeless we just give again give them a house boom there you go but to have i think everyone needs art in their lives and everyone needs something that just transcends the daily right routine and it's like you can get lost in a piece of art and you know do when when you see people shop you know, is that something that they're drawn to? Do you see? How does that? It depends. Certainly, we have folks who come through who are very excited about selecting art. Um, and then others, they're more excited about selecting something else. So it really mm-hmm. does vary. Mm-hmm. Um Art is one of the things that folks can pick out without a cost. Mm-hmm. So we have, that's an added thing. We have several things that people get um, without having to pay anything. Mm-hmm. Um, art is one. Um, everybody gets this, a basket of knickknacks that they get to, you know, mm-hmm. pick out. Um, again, the baskets have been really creatively put together in themes or color different colors or whatever so that they all mm-hmm. match. And um, and then the other thing that folks get without a charge is a uh, cleaning supplies. So okay. everybody gets a bucket that has just basic cleaning supplies and a broom that goes with it and that kind of thing. So, oh, um, so <laughs> it really varies by the individual as yeah. to whether the art is important. But for some of it, it absolutely is. And they're thrilled that that's one of the things they get to choose. And I would guess that most of them have never had the opportunity to select art for yeah. themselves. Well, I had this thought exercise at one time. I was sitting around thinking about, you know, how virtuous I could be and, and you know, to go around to thrift stores and yard sales and places and just collect all the best art that I could find, the best frames, and then have a charity where, you know, invite people to come, hey, just pick out three three paintings right. to put up in your house. Right. And then all I want you to do in return is after a month, just write me a note and tell me if, you know, how it felt to you, right. you know, and just right. because I think, again, I think that, um, you know, you go into a house that obviously has, you know, where, where someone is not as fortunate and they, they're just struggling with, putting some food on the table and getting to work and paying the bills and there's no art on the walls or mm-hmm. there's just, you know, what's there is, you know, just something to cover a, a, a hole, a hole <laughs> right. or something, you know, and right. just how, just how transformative, just a, a piece of beauty on the wall can mm-hmm. be. I mean, in someone's lives. And it also brings that feeling to a room. And I just thought, Oh, wouldn't that be great? And then I was like, 
is that just overly privileged of me to think that I can go put art in people's houses and make their lives better? I don't know that it's overly <laughs> privileged. I would say that it's probably not the the first and primary need. And if you're um, wanting to be virtuous and give back, that that might not be at the top of the list. Yeah, um, I know. Although, I, you know, it's a nice thought, though. I mean, because you're right. It is. It's something that most of those folks won't have the opportunity otherwise to choose. And mm-hmm. uh, it's it's special. It well, makes think- folks feel special that they can. And that's what we want right well i got kind of got the idea from the little free library yes. you know you can go pick out a book yes. well how about a little free art gallery i, I love it you know yeah. it might have to be a little bigger but <laughs> <laughs> but just have, have one somewhere where you you know open it up for a few hours a day and say come by pick up a piece of art and give them the you know can the I hangers yeah absolutely <laughs> absolutely well uh, okay so um the agencies that refer to you. I mean, it seems to me like the people who would get the referral to you guys would be the ones who are most likely to succeed from the homeless. Like if you take the homeless population, you have the ones who have such issues with mental health and addiction and all the things that keep them on the streets. Um, but then you have the people who are just, you know, for whatever circumstances – um, found themselves homeless. Is that kind of the profile? That, that so we have a variety of folks who come to see us, and uh, certainly many of them have experienced trauma in their lives, have mental health or physical issues. We serve a lot of vets. We serve uh, victims of domestic violence. Um, and, yeah, there are those who come to see us who really have not been homeless very long. It was just – life circumstances compounded mm-hmm. and and they're going they've gotten it together they don't necessarily have um the other hardships or barriers um that many of the folks who experience homelessness mm-hmm. do and yet the chance of them succeeding and staying in their homes much higher mm-hmm. much higher um you bring up the the mental health issue and and i i add to that physical uh health as well mm-hmm. um because there are uh, most folks uh, who are homeless um, are experiencing homelessness have a much higher rate, of course, of mental and physical health mm-hmm. issues, uh, and that compounds uh, the problems and the issues. And many of those aren't going to go away, mm-hmm. uh, even if you give them housing, even if you give them beautiful furniture. They're going to continue to have mental health issues or physical issues mm-hmm. um, that are are going to impede their ability to succeed, um, and so. It's not just putting them in a home and giving them furniture. There actually has to be a continued connection to the community or to a support network mm-hmm. that can continue for a lifetime. And that's part of uh, that's a little bit hard for folks to swallow. Mm-hmm. We don't necessarily understand why they keep falling into the same trap over and over again and why if I give you all these things that you need to succeed, why you can't just go on on your own and and make it happen? Mm-hmm. Why do you keep making these same mistakes over and over yeah, again? Mm-hmm. And um, you know, folks who are really struggling with uh, substance abuse yeah. um, and mental health and physical health issues, those issues are always going to be with them. Yeah, they're always going to need additional support. Yeah, sure. and I really believe that's our role here mm-hmm. um, on this earth is to be there for other folks. We don't all come out of the womb equal. Right, I, I don't right. believe that. Um, and for those of us who have been born into privilege, 
um, it is our job. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it, the social determinants starts with that Maslow's pyramid or hierarchy of needs, and mm-hmm. and we take for granted that we have those first couple layers. That's right. Done. Mm-hmm. You know, we we we've climbed up out of of, of those things, and we have those. And, and I don't know where I was going with that, other than how important it is for someone to have a home with a kitchen that's well-equipped to be able to be physically healthy through nutrition. Mm-hmm. And that's, I was going to use that as a, a segue into, um, you know, the Brenner Fit programs that Northwest AHEC mm-hmm. is involved with. We right. have the culinary medicine that teaches primary care people basic cooking skills that they can share with their patients, but also the teaching kitchen at the William G. White YMCA um, that does deals, you know, with, childhood obesity prevention at a family level because the kids don't have a lot of agency in how they prepare and choose their meals. But one of the thing, and then the Coles teaching kitchens, the mobile kitchens and all this. So we we have a lot going on in that space. And I think that um, that might be an area uh, that, that I can help connect you to someone, you know, for those people who are now having a quick kitchen, maybe That's they right. need a little skills refresher. Right. And, and they'll teach you, you know, what's, you know, what your wick can buy and the recipes to mm-hmm. use that and what, what pots and pans and what preparation type things that you need to do to prepare healthy meals yeah. and to save money and to invest in that part of yourself too. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that it all starts with the housing though, right. you know, it, right. it really does. And but it, you're right that the housing is not the only resource that we need as, as human beings that, um, that connecting them, them to other resources like Brenner fit, mm-hmm. um, um, that, that, can continue to help keep them in their home and help them continue yeah. to be successful um, and builds more community. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Folks that they get to know through Brenner Fit. There yeah. may be somebody there that they really make a connection with who continues to be um, a friend or a connection for them for mm-hmm. a lifetime. You just never know where those connections right. are going to be made. And so um, really being able to offer as many resources as possible certainly is better than yeah, and the the alternative. Yeah. Um, you mentioned children, and I it uh, I would be um, in trouble if I didn't mention that we have, in addition to the general furnish, furnishing program that we have, we have another program called Up Off the Floor. Mm-hmm. Um, and Up Off the Floor, um, we uh, connect to children uh, who are sleeping on the floor, and there are actually a lot of them in Forsyth County. I we bet, know yeah. that we've got a high poverty rate, <clears throat> high high hunger child rate in this county, higher than most anywhere else in the country. And so we also have a lot of children sleeping on the floor and that certainly is a health issue. Mm -hmm. Um, They're bed bugs, they get stepped on. We know this from the antidotes we have taken in follow-up surveys um, to the children who've received beds from us that, um, so we connect through the schools. Um, Right now, just through Title I schools, we're connecting to kids who are sleeping on the floor. So the um, the, uh, child, Guidance counselors and social workers, um, they are connecting us. They are aware of, of those children. And um, through no charge, the families can come over and get a twin platform bed, mattress, pillow, and um, then the blanket sheets. Linens and stuff. Linens yeah. and stuff. And um, that's been a very successful and rewarding program and has been primarily grant funded. We had a grant from KBR for a little while to, KBR yeah. to fund that. And now... 
um, we've received or we've been notified that we're going to get some more funding um, through BB&T That's to help great. continue that program. Yeah, you don't think about that. I mean, I, I was as you were talking, I was just thinking, you know, it's it's one thing to be homeless. It's another thing to, to have a house, but it's just not safe and comfortable for especially for kids i mean and and, you know kids already born into that environment have have a a a road to hoa in front of them and then if they don't get good sleep and they're getting bites or they're getting stepped on and you know they're they're coming to school hungry and and without good sleep right and they're not going to learn right and and they're going to be stuck going to be lower right they're going to be stuck in that cycle and Mm -hmm. and that's that's so important And, and you know it just it blows me away sitting here talking to you just how important a good bed, a good mattress is. Yeah. I mean, even if we you don't. We put a lot of thought into the mattresses <laughs> we select. You know, we try them out. Mm-hmm. We do all this research. I think we're supposed to change them out. What What is the mattress Eight count? years yeah. or something. Oh, or wow. they, they would say four. But. Right. Yeah. I know what that is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm not yeah. doing that. Right, right. <laughs> That's commercialization. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's it really, it pays, uh, it, it plays a huge role in, um, whether or not we're getting a good night's sleep. And, of mm-hmm. course, sleep is critical to good health and performance, both mm-hmm. at school and on the job. Yeah. Um, and in personal interactions with our families and friends and people in the community. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I just think that that's we, – we, we we can compartmentalize these problems and we think we can create these solutions, but we don't stop and think about these little pieces that, mm-hmm. that are so huge right. though. I mean, they're not little in, in that the impact that they have. Right. And, and that's, that's it. That's so important. Um, so how, how, how do you, how do you get your funding now? You mentioned a couple funders, but what, what is your role? I mean, I'm sure you do development and, and relations with people who Largely, want to support Largely, our funding comes from individual donors in the community. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we have a couple of events uh, each year. We've kind of, we're still a newer agency, mm-hmm. so we're, we're new to the um, events ball game, but mm-hmm. um, had a very successful event last October and this October. And then um, in uh, April, the first weekend or first week in April, we're going to have a a luncheon called Step Up to the Plate. It's at the ball game. Okay. Um, and that will be um, for fundraising, but also continuing to share with the community the work that we do um, and who we connect with and mm-hmm. help get more donors, more volunteers, um, more people to raise awareness of the issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in October of 2020, we will have another uh, like um, fundraising event like we had a, a year ago Um and that one is another ball game. It's slipping my mind what it's called. Okay. But anyway, it's it's also at bb and You still have time to plan for it yeah, <laughs> the well, end of October 2020. Right. Um, <laughs> it has a name. It has a very clever name. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Baseball but, motif. Yes. But yes. I can't remember. But well, anyway, those two fundraisers. We do have some grants. Um, not a whole lot at this point, but we plan on mm-hmm. – um, continuing to add to the grant support Mm -hmm. that we have. Mm -hmm. Um, And we have a little bit of fee-based services, which is kind of what the route that many successful nonprofits are going is to have a fee-based arm to support your nonprofit work. And so the lights on. uh, Right. Right. That's right. (laughs) Pay your executive director. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Pay rent. We have a much larger facility than we originally um, started out and Mm -hmm. we're at 630 Brookstown and, and the warehouse space there is, is, uh, has allows us a beautiful 
large showroom um, as well as lots of storage space and space to make repairs and to organize and to clean Mm -hmm. um, all of the things that come in. So, um, but it, you know, with a larger space, we have higher rent. Um, So we certainly the, the clients pay a small fee. Um, That doesn't, that's a very small percentage of our income, but it is something. Partnering agencies pay a one-time $25 fee. Mm-hmm. That doesn't raise a lot of income, just a little <laughs> bit. And then we do have um, donors who will um, donate, furniture donors who donate some higher-end um, antique furnishings or um, other um, furniture that our clients can't use or won't select that we can resale. resale. Uh, you know, on eBay or Mm -hmm. um, Facebook Marketplace, and we make a little bit of money um, from that as well. So Great, great. I was going to ask, how do do volunteers get get hooked up with you? They just – how how would you prefer? I think largely word of mouth. Um, Mm -hmm. They can come through our website, Mm -hmm. um, which is greennestws.org, and there's a a link there to signing up for volunteers and what the volunteer opportunities look like. Mm -hmm. It's a really fun place to volunteer. I mean, there are lots of – different skill sets that are appeal to folks that they can use, like, um, you know, people who like to do electrical work or Mm -hmm. um, seem, you know, want to do some sewing on some of the um, uh, upholstery or um, refinishing furniture or um, they are decorators at heart and they want to come in and set up the showroom. Um, uh, It's a very organized space Mm -hmm. and uh, that's because of the volunteers. It's really laid out well and it flows well. And so, and there's a lot of joy there. Oh, yeah. Um, I've worked in nonprofit work my entire career, which however many years, 30 plus years that that is, whatever. And um, in most of my nonprofit work, uh, my agencies have been connecting to folks who are really in a low point. Um, They're really struggling with multiple issues. And our role is to help connect them to resources to help them be successful or um, provide whatever support we can, whatever Mm -hmm. the issues are. And uh, in that work, I have certainly experienced some success and seen, you know, can tell success stories. But there's also been some failures and Mm -hmm. folks who I haven't been successful with. And and with all of them, when I've met them, they've been at a low point. Mm -hmm. That's not true at Green Nest Mm -hmm. because the folks who are coming to shop at Green Nest are at a high point. They've been at the low point and they've been homeless. They've been without things or a place to store their things yeah, yeah. and now they have housing and now all, furnish you know <laughs> they get to furnish it furnish it and get to choose from all these really nice beautiful you know options mm-hmm. uh and so there is a lot of joy at green nest um mm. for everybody involved and i think that's why we have such a strong um, support of volunteers who, and in fact, most of the work is done by volunteers. Yeah, we yeah. still have a very tiny staff. Um, it, we have me, and then we have a few um, part-time program warehouse staff, mm-hmm. and that's it. Uh, and so the volunteers really pick up um, the the bulk of the work mm-hmm. of Green Nest, really. Yeah. Um, I am remembering that I need to mention we actually have one of our big fundraisers coming up. This will be our fourth year of being a pop-up store for Dewey's. Okay. Um, we uh, Dewey's furnishes uh, all of their you know bakery goods, and our shop is over on Robin Hood where the Ace Hardware is there. Okay. Uh, in the old Golden Apple location, mm-hmm, it uh, mm-hmm. opens up this Friday, the fifteenth, okay. and. Um, 
we get a large portion of the proceeds from that. Um, we also, in addition to the Dewey's products that we sell there, we also resell the many donations that we get of Christmas decorations. Mm-hmm. Um, now, all of our clients this year get a bag of, uh, at, at this time of year, all the clients get a, a, get a, a Christmas bag yeah, okay, with yeah. decorations. Because yeah. um, for those who celebrate Christmas, that's also part of what you want to make your home nice is right. to be able to decorate at Christmas. So they certainly get a lot of those. Um, but we have such an abundance of mm-hmm. um of holiday decorations that we also sell them at the Dewey store. So that's coming up. And um, we actually raise around 30000 a year um, just from that wow, pop-up wow. store. That's and great. so I encourage people to come and shop there yeah. and help support us because that's it's it's all going to a good cause. Um, and, and the so parking lot is a lot nicer this year, the too. The parking lot is not, it's a lot nicer. <laughs> the whole facilities are, they've done yeah, a lot yeah. of work in that in that uh, shopping center area. Yeah, I'm at that Dollar Tree like every other day. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you'll have to come over to the Dewey store. I'll have to get some Dewey's and some Christmas decorations. <laughs> right. That's right. Well, um, now you, you talked about grant funding and, and outcomes. I mean, you, you know, how do you, you know, when you when you're writing grants, I know how they want measurements and, right. and how how do you track like success? So we don't have a, a a history of really tracking the outcomes of what we would like to be tracking is actually to be able to show that folks who get furniture are more likely to stay in their homes than huh. folks who don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm in conversation um, with Andrea Kurtz at United Way about how we might start mm-hmm. tracking that. For now, what we share with grant folks is uh, how many people we're serving right. um, and how many children, you know, what the makeup of the folks we're serving, um, you know, how much furniture we get donated, because that's important, too, for us to be able to provide. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's what we're tracking now. We also have just um, started um, doing a little follow-up survey that's um, at the end of the shopping visit, it's certainly voluntary, but we're asking both the case manager and the client to fill out a, a, a feedback survey on their experience shopping. Mm-hmm. And um, what we hope to learn from that is certainly if there are ways we can do it better, if there are any gaps or barriers um, or things we haven't thought of that maybe we, we need to tweak to make mm-hmm. our program better. But we also hope to hear what we feel which is, it is a lovely experience for everyone, that it does make people feel good, that it does make people feel more connected. And Mm -hmm. so we hope with that survey that that's actually what we'll see. We certainly sense that yeah you sense that (laughs) you just want to be able to make it concrete right that's great that's great well um again tell us the website website is green nest and that's just with one n it looks like greenest but it's green nest um greennestws.org okay and you're at 630 brookstown and people can donate furniture gently used furniture there and housewares anything you might need to set up at your first house um all of those products we take the exception being we can't take used mattresses we actually have to buy those right. um, elsewhere and um we can't take baby furniture but mm-hmm. basically it's like state law or everything else we take uh-huh. um we have donation hours which are tuesdays from 10 to 3 thursdays 12 to 5 and the first and third Saturdays of the month from 10 to 2. Okay. And there's a 
cash donation button on your website? People, can- Of course there is. You can also <laughs> access us on Facebook as well that way. And uh, we welcome those donations as well. That's great. Well, um, yeah, I just wanted to say thanks for all, you know, this is has to be making a huge impact here in Winston-Salem in our community. And, and for anybody out there in the region that, that might be listening, um, you know, uh, I'll have Julia's contact information um, in the write-up. And um, can they contact you about how they could set something like this up in their in their community? Absolutely. I can't remember my phone number off the top of my head. but <laughs> It's on the website. It'll be I'm on sure. the website. And they can uh, call anytime. We love to have visitors. In fact, when people come over to drop over furniture, we often try and com- say, come through. Come look and see the impact of mm. your donations. It's, yeah. it's powerful. Um, it feels good. And we like to... Um, connect people to the impact they're making just by donating a, a piece of furniture that they no longer need. Yeah. Well, I, I, I just, again, emphasize how um, multifactorial, factorial, factorial that the homeless problem is, but also how beyond just providing a dwelling, the solutions are. Yes. For, for, so they're I, complex, and they really can involve all of us in the community trying to build a better community that's right. with everyone. That's right. All right. Well, Julia Toon, thank you so much for coming today. Thank you, Andy Brewer. <laughs>